Tiki Hut Media. Hey there from Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith in Bradenton, Florida. This is Soul Ramblings Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Wicker. I'm the lead minister over at Manatee Life. Today, we're going to continue with our series. We're going to head over to the sanctuary, continue with our series on famous last words, the famous last words of Jesus from the cross during this season of Lent leading up to Easter. And today, we look at, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's coming up here in the next few minutes. And as I have told you before, we changed our name to Manatee Life Church last year in 2022 from Manatee United Methodist Church. And many folks have assumed that we were leaving the United Methodist Church as a result of that. It's not the case at all. The name change had nothing to do with changing denominations or leaving the United Methodist Church. We are unashamedly United Methodist in our tradition. And in a midterm State of the United Methodist Church address, Bishop Thomas J. Bickerton, president of the Council of Bishops, called members to be the architects of a renewed, revived, and reclaimed United Methodist Church. During the March 2, 2023 presentation, he encouraged us United Methodists to discover what it means to be a beloved community. We at Manatee Life Church have a purpose statement to love God, love neighbor, and renew our community. So how are we doing as his disciples at loving God and loving people? What does it mean to live in the world with a truly compassionate heart, a heart that remains open to all people at all times? It is very important to realize that compassion is more than just sympathy or empathy. When we're asked to listen to the pains of people and empathize with their suffering, we can soon reach our emotional limits. We can listen only for a short time to only a few people. In our society, we are bombarded with so much news about human misery that our hearts easily get numbed simply because of overload. But God's compassionate heart does not have limits. God's heart is greater, infinitely greater, than the human heart. It is that divine heart that God wants to give us so that we can love all people without burning out or becoming numb. The Holy Spirit of God is given to each of us so that we can become participants in God's compassion and so reach out to all people at all times with God's heart. I was reminded of this prayer today. It's commonly referred to as the St. Francis Prayer, although it's a prayer I believe we could do well or we would do well to make our own, not only here at Manatee Life Church, but everyone listening to this podcast today. Here is that prayer. Lord, Make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in dying that we are born again to eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer as we seek to love God, love neighbor, and renew our community. Let's head over to the sanctuary.
scripture reading for the morning comes to us from Matthew's Gospel, the 27th chapter, two verses this morning, 45 and 46. I invite you to hear these holy words. From noon on, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at about three o'clock, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, with that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. O Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. 2009. In 2009, Beth and I were still living in Tennessee at that time. And one day, my phone rings. I pick it up. It's our niece, Allie. Allie said, Uncle Jerry, I'm getting married in December, and I want you to perform the ceremony. As this is Allie on the screen. As you can see from her smile, she had a way about her. She knew how to ask and get the yes out of me. And of course, without hesitation, I said, of course I will. December 26th of 2009, I was overjoyed in performing the wedding ceremony of Allie and her husband. Fast forward to 2013, Beth and I made the move to Florida 10 years ago. A couple of years later, in 2015, June 26th, Beth and I were at work regular work day, and Beth and I had a, and we still do, have a habit of when one or both of us are working, we'll shoot each other a quick text throughout the day. But this particular day, in the afternoon, my phone rang, my cell phone rang, and it was Beth, and I thought that was very, very unusual because we just don't call each other at work. So I thought it was something very important. I could hardly understand what Beth was saying because she was in such distraught state. What had happened was she had just gotten the news that Allie had been shot by her husband. And those Days following her death, we cried out, my God, my God, why? At 27 years old, will I never see that smile again this side of heaven? My God, my God, why? A few weeks later, we were able to secure a flight to Tennessee to go spend with family 
during this mourning time and grieving time. It was about mid-July. And also at that time, my son and daughter-in-law were expecting my grandson. His name is Braxton. Braxton was due in late August. Braxton decided to grace us with his presence about a month early. This is Braxton. Braxton came to us July 20th, 2015. I was overjoyed because my mother called me and told me that Braxton came early and I happened to be in Tennessee. I was so overjoyed. And Beth and I went to the hospital and I got to hold Braxton at just a day or two old. Beth did too. And for some reason that's still a mystery to me, he and Beth connected in a way that he and I, <laughs> he and I have, there's a bond there, but they almost immediately bonded. Braxton and Beth did. As we go along, six years later, November of 2021, just a year and a half ago, my son calls me to let me know that my six-year-old grandson had been to Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Vanderbilt Hospital, and had been diagnosed with cancer. Again, I cried, and it did Beth. My God, my God, why? My God, my God, why? A six-year-old boy gets cancer. My God, my God, why? I am happy to report that that photo you just saw was from a month ago. He had just gotten him a new, fresh, smart haircut. He was proud of that. He received treatments at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital for about nine months in Memphis, Tennessee and his cancer is in remission, and he is going back for periodic checkups and tests, but he's doing just fine. So I praise God for that. But I tell you those things to say I don't stand here and pretend to understand the amount of pain and betrayal that Jesus was going through and the darkness that he was feeling when he cried out from the cross, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthane. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But I can tell you that I've been in some pain and some darkness. You have too. One of the things that's been real encouraging to me and my family as we were mourning and grieving the death of Allie, as we were in deep sorrow during the early days of Braxton's early cancer diagnosis. I, I don't talk about these events publicly too terribly much, but I can tell you they were not only tough times, but they were sweet times as well. It, it's hard to describe really, but God has done so much. It's truly, truly amazing. The part that amazes me is that 
God has revealed that I didn't see this before. There's a different perspective. We don't see the whole story on this side of heaven. We don't see the whole picture. We have, we have tunnel vision, if you will. God sees the whole picture. We don't. I'll explain it to you this way. During those days, during those days immediately following Allie's death and immediately following Braxton's diagnosis, I remember saying, God, you seem nowhere. Where are you, God? You seem like you're nowhere near. And it was like, God just revealed to me. No, no, no. You don't understand. You don't see the whole picture. I am now here. Same exact letters. Two different, totally different meanings. Instead of God being nowhere, He is now here. He's ever present, whether we feel it or not. His presence is always there. I like the way the Apostle Paul put it in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9. He said, we know in part, and now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. In the middle of the pain, I remind myself that I only see part of the story. God's perspective. The Bible says His ways are higher than our ways. His understanding is greater. His infinite wisdom is more than my little finite mind can wrap itself around and comprehend. We started last week with this series, Famous Last Words. These are the words that Jesus gave as he gave his life for us on the cross. And today, we're looking at that time where Jesus asked his heavenly Father, why? And I, to be honest with you, this is one of those passages I have always struggled with. Because I believe God is always with us. And yet, Jesus asks, why have you forsaken me? Those words are difficult to hear. It's, it sounds almost like Jesus believes that God the Father has left him alone and empty in his darkest hour. And it's troubling to hear Jesus speak these words from the cross. I mean, where was God in this situation? Did God utterly abandon Jesus? Did Jesus lose his faith and feel at the end of his life he had been forgotten and forsaken? These are troubling questions that come from these last words of Jesus on the cross. But if we were to flip from our gospel lesson this morning over to the book of Psalms, Psalm 22, the first five verses say this. Look at that first verse. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? from the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but find no rest. Yet, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. 
In you our ancestors trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. So we see some similarities in that psalm between that psalm and and Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. But we have to remember that the book of Psalms is much like our hymnals that are in our the backs of our pews right now. The book of Psalms was the hymnal, if you will, of ancient Israel. It was the hymnal that was in the temple. And every Sabbath worship, every Sabbath worship service included singing and chanting of these of these hymns, of these psalms. And there's a psalm, and there's 150 of them in our Bible. There's a psalm for just about every occasion. There are psalms of thanksgiving, psalms of praise, psalms which plead for forgiveness. There are psalms that were used for the installation of a king. There are happy psalms, and there are sad psalms. These are words that were meant to be sung in worship by the gathered community. There are even some psalms that call for there to be a soloist singing one part and the congregation singing a response. So the book of Psalms is a hymnal. So not only should we look at the 22nd psalm here and and see the similarities between Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, but we should also hear what Jesus is doing in saying these last words, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Could it be, could it be that Jesus is not telling us and telling those who watch him die how forsaken he feels? Maybe Jesus is not expressing how he has lost all his faith in the midst of this excruciating pain, even though that word, excruciating, in Latin it means from the cross. Even though that very word defines the most intense form of pain that comes from the cross, Jesus is not necessarily groaning about how terrible it all is for him to be experiencing this. Rather, could it be that Jesus is singing from the hymnal? Jesus is singing a psalm even in the most dreadful moment even in his darkest hour. How many times have we heard of folk on their deathbed drawing their last breaths? If they're not able to sing it, they're they're speaking or whispering the words of a favorite hymn or a spiritual song. How many times? So I don't believe it's out of the question to believe that Jesus, in using this psalm, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is singing a hymn. Jesus is not destitute. Jesus is not forsaken. And that changes that perspective from nowhere, God, you are nowhere near, to He is now here. He is ever present. And gone are the questions of, has Jesus lost His faith? Has God forsaken us? We begin to see that Jesus knows what's happening in that dark hour, and he welcomes it with praise. Can there be any stronger image 
of the power of Jesus than the one of him singing from the cross. During this holy season of Lent, we remember that Christ is with us. We believe the good news and live into this promise. God is with us. And in response, we pay attention. And we ask this question, how do I experience God's presence and love in my life today? When we pay attention, when we take time to stop and to look, we can see, feel, hear, and know God's presence. Sometimes it might mean paying attention to the moments when we experience God's love through the eyes of another, or maybe their actions. When we feel joy, when we feel peace, when we are comforted by a caring friend, even in those times when we're surrounded by chaos and darkness and grief and sorrow. It might mean leaning on another person who reminds us in those dark moments, no, 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 God is now here. He's not nowhere. He is now here. Sometimes it's sitting in the silence and the darkness, surrounded by sadness, and finding the strength to say, God, I believe. I believe you are now here. Help my unbelief. I'm struggling here, God. Help my unbelief. You seem to be nowhere near. But I believe you are now here. Help my unbelief. Christ never said faith was easy. In fact, He reminds us that it can be hard. During those difficult times, our knowledge of God's presence, our experience of God's presence, and love become especially important. So the next time we find ourselves in a dark situation and feel forsaken, when we feel like God is nowhere near, remember, He is now here. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And then, sing with Jesus. Alleluia. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we ask that You would give us what we need more than anything else, and that's the purity of your presence. God, we pray right now in this special moment that your presence would be more real to us than we've known in the past. God, according to your word, we draw near to you, and we know that you will meet us, and you draw near to us. We pray according to your word, God, that you would be our shelter, our hiding place, that you would be a place of refuge, that you would be our peace that goes beyond human understanding, and that you would be our shelter in the storm. God, that in your presence, when circumstances are not what we think they should be, may your presence be enough. May your goodness overwhelm our pain. May your love take over the dark places in our lives. God, when our world is dark, may your light shine in. God, may we find your presence and your peace in the middle of the pain. Help us, Lord, in our dark situations. And when we feel forsaken, 
to sing with Jesus. And in doing so, claim victory in Jesus. Amen. And now receive this benediction. Let us go out and inspire love. Embrace Christ. Engage the world. And tell somebody about Manatee Life Church. Go in peace. Amen. Here we are, the second in the Famous Last Words series, My God, My God, Why? Be sure to join us next week as we continue to unpack the depth and practical applications of the final words of Jesus that he uttered before giving his life for us in this Famous Last Words series during this season of Lent leading up to Easter. Next week, it is finished. So be sure to join us next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast. And you can live stream Manatee Life Church each and every Sunday on our website, manateelife.church, and a link in the show notes to this episode, every Sunday at 1030 Eastern Time. Get social with us here at Soul Ramblings Podcast. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Links in the show notes. Go over there, click like and follow and leave a rating and review there as well of Soul Ramblings Podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Also, wherever you're listening right now, click subscribe and you'll never miss a new episode. I want to thank you so much for the gift and privilege of your time today. And before we wrap things up and head out the door for this edition of Soul Ramblings Podcast, Here's a last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. From Manatee Life Church in Bradenton, Florida, I'm Jerry Wicker. See you next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production.